are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bible, please. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, one verse I want you to see. Verse 2. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Have you got that now? Look at it again. That's for all of us. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. You know what he's talking about? Talk about being in tune with God. Being in tune with God. Uh, some folks are out of tune. In a church, Pastor, you'll have people sometimes that never can get tuned up just right. I mean, I've had them. I've had them in my, my life. And uh, you do your best, but there's some that are not in tune. Now, wait a minute. The aim of every one of us should be right to be right with God. Amen? Be right with God in your heart. No matter where you are, what you're doing. You're young or old, you're to be in tune with God. You're to feel the presence of God, the nearness of God, the leadership of God in your life, and the peace of God in your heart. And you have all of it. And that's the important thing. Now, we're all different. We're all different. For example, some folks are what I call high C folks. If you'll try high C, uh, uh, two octaves above middle C, uh, one, just one note, two octaves above middle C. Yeah, one octave above that. Yeah, uh, some of they go way up there. I mean, they're, they're special. Now, the people like that, unusual folks, unusual people that I call the high C folks, and some may not be of high C, take one octave on the middle C, one octave down on the middle C, uh, one octave on the middle C. Yeah, now one octave on the back. Yeah, way down. Some are low down, I mean, they're low. I sort of say the wrong, wrong thing, low down. But they are low. They're way, they're, they're different. They're, wait, we're all different. We're all different. Now, you know where most of us are? It's right in middle C. Middle C. I'm going give to you, give you piano lessons, lady. Uh, uh, i got to help you. That's right. My, my. Uh, middle C, middle C. Hit again. Now, anybody can sing that. Yeah, you can sing that when you're sick. You can sing it when you're old. Nine years old. Huh? Hang and sing at any time. Yeah, that's it. Now wait a minute. All the notes on the piano, high C, low C, middle C, all the way up and down, all the way up and down. They're all different. Wait a minute. We're all different. There are no two people like in this whole building. No two people like we're all different. Every woman, now get that now. We're all different. But in Jesus, we're children of God. And we're saved and born again, going to heaven. Now wait a minute. We're in tune with God. But we're all different. I'm different from you. You're different from that man. We're all different. Ladies are different. We're all different. But we're in tune with God. The same God. And the same Christ. And the same Holy Spirit. And we're to be in tune with God. Now, I want to be in tune with God. In tune with God. Now, try the chord in C, if you will, please, fam. Both hands. Both hands. Both hands. Now, hear that? C and G. They harmonize. No trouble. Different as any. They have different vibrations. Every note had different, but they harmonize. Now, I'm different from your pastor, but we harmonize. Amen? I'm different from Brother Dyke, and, and we harmonize. And that's true of all of you, men and women. And we are to harmonize by the Word of God. That's the best thing in the world to think about. And we're children of God, and we're different, but we harmonize because we're in the Lord. 
There's one Heavenly Father, one Savior, one Holy Spirit, and we're in God, and we're harmonizing with Him. Now, I want to be in tune with God. And that means I've got to be right. I'll give you right in the whole time. And uh, David, I'm going to harmonize with Him. If I'm to be in tune with God, number one, there must be audition. I've got to hear the Word of God. I've got to hear this book. There's no other way in this world to get by without the Bible. And you've got to hear it. You've got to hear it. I have it given to you on a, on a tape machine or say, you've got to listen to the Word of God. This is God speaking to us. I believe in the infallibility of the Word of God. I believe this is God's inerrant Word given to us. And we should live. And you want to have ears here. He that has ears here, let him hear. And you ought to hear the Word of God. Hear the Word. You can't get too much of that reading. You ought to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every time the door is open. You ought to be here. And Bible in hand. You ought to be here. Mark your Bible. Mark your Bible. Mark your verses. And memorize them. And get them all. And you've got to listen. Now, to be in tune with God, you've got to listen to God. Audition. That's audition. Second, to be in tune with God, there must be confession. Have you got it now? Confession. First of all, this is confession. If we got out of tune, confess your out of tune and get right with God. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that simple? Now, if you're out of tune, and you do get out of tune sometimes, I do, we all do, every preacher, missionaries get it, and you get right with God, get right with God, get, be in tune with God, in tune with God, so you can read the Bible and pray and feel the presence of God, but you confess, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just, and now we've got to have audition, that's hearing, and confession to say, Lord, forgive me, I've been wrong, I want to be right with God, I confess my sin, I want to be right with God. Now, number three, to be in tune with God, there must be a third thing, correction. Audition, confession, correction. If something is wrong, make it right. If you've done wrong, make it right. My friend, if you've hurt somebody, make it right. Go and say, forgive me. If you've hurt the Lord and you've dishonored God, then go before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me, I've done wrong. I want to be right. I want to be in tune with God. I want to pray. I want to get through to God. I want to feel God's presence. I've got to make correction. I've got to correct the thing and get right. Now, wait a minute. We all have to be corrected sometime. That reading you've got in your Bible, First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, we all do sin. We make mistakes, don't we? And you get right with God. Young man, young woman, mother, dad, grandparents, you're to be right with God. And that means correction. Get the things straightened out and be right with God every time. And that's the important thing, that you're in tune with God. And you must make the correction. And that you feel the presence of God with you. And know that God will make the thing right. If something is wrong, make it right. Make it right. I remember something way back in my boyhood, back in Louisville, Kentucky. I believe we must have been the poorest people in the whole world. I, I, I came up in, in rank poverty. Poverty. Every bit of it. And uh, I, I, I was brought up that way. We had nothing. We were poor, poor people. They had two little rooms on the wall the street and the upstairs of an old house. Had almost no furniture whatsoever. And Christmas Day come along. I'm a little boy just starting school. And, uh, oh, Henry Clay School in Louisville. And my dad said, came home and he was a motorman on the streetcar. Remember the old fashioned streetcar? He was a motorman, made almost nothing. And he came home and said, well, uh, uh, you had a rough day and, uh, we don't have any, no Christmas tree, not a toy, not a jug, not a thing in the world. And my dad said, you know what let's do? Let's go down to Aunt Daisy's house. Now, we had kin folks live in the Shawnee Park. They had a beautiful mansion. We'd never been there. And they were kin folks of ours. And he said, let's go down and see how they're getting along on Christmas Day. We had nothing. We had literally nothing, nothing. 
And we got ready and walked down the street, down near Shawnee Park. Had a beautiful big white house. I can still see it. Went up. My dad went up, knocked on the door, and Daisy came to the door, and he said, Daisy, we just thought we'd come to see you. Christmas Day. Oh, she said, come right in. Come on in. And we stepped in the house. There was a beautiful big Christmas tree from the floor up to the ceiling. You know, the big, a tall ceiling, and a big tree, and lights on the thing, and beautiful. And on the floor were toys and everything you can imagine. And I walked inside. I was stunned. I'd never seen a thing like it. As a boy, we had nothing. And uh, uh, they they left us, and I got to playing with things. And uh, in the course of it all, I picked up on the floor a little old-fashioned French harp. Remember the old-fashioned French harp you played? And uh, I began playing the thing. I've loved music all my life. Since I was a boy, I can recall loving music. And I loved it then. I picked up that French harp, began playing the thing. And soon I picked up a little tune. And uh, I said, man, this is great. I played a little tune on that French harp. And just a boy... And I said, man, this is fine. Well, night came, and uh, dark in Louisville, Kentucky, snow on the ground, cold winter day, winter night. And uh, But Ed said, let's go home. So we went up the street, walked back up the street, back over to Madison, up the steps to our little two rooms upstairs, poverty-stricken, and uh, we had nothing at all. And I walked up the steps. I got inside the little two rooms of the house, and when it did, reached my pocket and pulled out a French harp. I began playing the thing. I love music. I, just a kid, I love music. I, my dad said, where'd you get that? I never told my dad a lie. I couldn't, never could. I said, Dad, dang, and Daisy's house. He said, did you give it to you? I said, no, sir, I took it. He said, take it back. I said, yes, sir, tomorrow. He said, no, tonight, tonight. And I had to walk out of there Christmas night, snow on the ground in Louisville, Kentucky. You know what I'm talking about? Cold weather. I walked down the street near Shoney Park to Aunt Daisy's house. I knocked on the door. And she came to the door. But Aunt Daisy, I took this French harp without saying a thing to you. I wanted you to forgive me. And I want, she said, son, keep that. We don't, we got toys, everything you can think of here. I said, you can't. I said, no, ma'am, you've got to keep it. I shoved it in her hand and rushed down the street. I went back. I walked back up the steps to that little two room. We had bare two, two room. Walked up the steps, top of the steps. There stood my hand. He said, you should take it back. I said, yes, sir. He said, don't forget that. Never take anything from anyone. Never steal in your life. He wasn't a Christian. We knew nothing about the church, Christ, Bible, or anything. He said, uh, uh, don't, don't do anything wrong. Make it right. Make it right. Wait a minute. That taught me a little lesson. All through life, I thought of that matter, make correction. If something is wrong, make it right. But you and somebody else, you and a loved one of your friend, you make it, make it right. In your church, make it right. Get right with God. Get right. Get on your knees. Humble yourself and say, Lord, forgive me. I want to be in tune with God. And I want to make correction necessary to be in tune with God. And that's the audition, confession, correction. Make it right. Keep yourself in tune with God all the time. You've got members of this church right now, Pastor. And, and I, I know nothing about your church except being with you a couple of times. But I know people. There's some of them at home. They're all bundled up and troubled inside and sore, a little mad about this, that, and the other. About nothing, usually. That's in all churches, somebody. And they're not happy. They're not happy. They're out of tune. Out of tune with God. Out of tune with the, with the church. And they need to tune up and say, Lord, I want to get in tune with God. In tune with God. Uh, we had a great church in Highland Park. All you folks know it. I spent 40 years and six months in one place. I had a great, great, great audience. Uh, the old auditorium seat 3,000 people, and the new one seats over 6,000. But the old auditorium, uh, I preached there for a number of years. 
and uh, had a great core of ushers who ushered a big, big crowd in for the balcony. You've been around, you know how it would be. And uh, one morning, one morning, I had to knock on the little office door, and there stood the usher, the head of the usher, the head of the usher, the man that ran them all. He was a big man, good man. And he walked in the door, he said, Brother Robertson, I made an awful mistake. I said, sir, what in the world do you do? He said, I sold God's money. Since I got saved years ago in this church, I've been a tither. I decided I'd quit tithing and put the money in the bank. Use it for myself. Buy a new car. Buy something else with it. And he said, I've been miserable. He said, I can't go on. i got to be right with God. And recently he finally pulled out a check. And the check was for 200 and some odd dollars. Uh, I don't know the exact amount now. But it said, this is my tithe for a number of weeks. And I failed to tithe, and I want to be right with God. I can't pray. I don't enjoy going to church, don't enjoy being an usher, because I feel like a thief. I've been robbing God in this tithe. I thought I'd keep the tithe, maybe put it away, maybe buy myself a new car. Do something. He said, I can't do it. I've got to be honest with God. I've got to be, be a tither. I've got to be right with God. And uh, I took the money and I put it in the offering. I never said a word to a soul. And he was a good man. Uh, many of you know him. Davis Hancock, a great fellow. Remember him? Uh, head of the usher. And, uh, and he, he just put some number of weeks. He, number of weeks. he didn't give a dime. He, just, he said, put them in a bank. I'm not, I'm, then, then he made, uh, made it right. And got right with God. And I put the money. I never said a word about him. About two weeks went by and he became ill. They put him in the old hospital down on Campbell's Clinic down on McCauley Avenue. And uh, when I heard he was sick, I rushed down there to see him. I walked inside the room. And when he stepped in the room, he said, Brother Robertson, I'm a very sick man. He said, I don't think I'll make it. He said, I'm glad you're here. He said, did I make it right about that tithe? I failed to give for a long time, then I made it up. I put the check in. He said, did I make that right? I said, yes, sir, you did. As far as I know, you made it right. He said, I just want to be right before I leave here, before I face God. That made him a small thing to you, but you see, with him, it was a big thing. His relationship with God, he wanted to be right. Now, wait a minute. I said the words that you want to have to be in tune, there must be audition and confession and correction. If something is wrong, make it right. I give another word. If you're to be in tune with God, there must be submission. Father, thy will be done. Are you listening? God has a will for every one of you. He has a will for your life. Young man, young woman, mother, dad, grandparents. He's got a will for you. Are you in the will of God? You know what's wrong with the world? Most people out of the will of God. You know what's wrong with Washington, D.C.? Most of them out of the will of God. That's true around the world. What's wrong with church? Church get out of the will of God. They do. People get out of the will of God. And you wonder what's wrong. Uh, check yourself day by day and say, Lord, I want to be submissive. I want to be in the will of I want to pray with the Lord. Father, thy will be done. I want to be in God's holy will. And you can be. And you can be. In the will of God. I pastored that one church for years and six months. That's a long time. I baptized literally thousands of people. But God led me to retire. I was 75 years old. And I retired. 
I could have been on the same place, could have been the same, but no, God said this is it. And uh, since that time, I've been going in a different church like I am now, one or two days in a place uh, all over the countryside. I enjoy it. I'm in the will of God. And I'm ready whenever He calls me to go home. At the will of God. Wait a minute. You're going to say, Lord, I want to be in your will. Submission to God's will. God's will for you. Young man, young woman, mother, dad, grandparents, rich and poor. You're to be in the will of God. And if you're to be in tune with God, you've got to be in His will. And be doing the thing God said. Then number five, to be in tune with God, there must be direction. Direction. I want you to get the words now. Audition, confession, correction, Submission, direction. Five words. I'm to follow God's direction. In the book of the psalm, the psalm said, the Lord said, I will guide thee with mine eye. I will guide thee. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that God will guide you. Mother, father, son, daughter, He'll guide you. If you're in the will of God, He'll guide you. And will show you what He wants you to do. I mentioned a moment ago about retiring. After four years and six months into one church, I retired. I was 75 years old. I said, whatever you say, Lord, I'll do it. Since that time, I've been busy preaching week after week in church all over the nation. I'm booked up for many, many months to come. If I live, put in. But I was seeking to be in the will of God and follow God's direction. I will guide thee with my eye. God will guide you, mother, father, young or old. He'll guide you if you let him. He'll show you what to do with your life. And that's the important thing. Do what God says with your life. you just got one of them. Just one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that one life must be surrendered. And you're going to say, Lord, I want to keep my eyes on you. I want to follow your direction. In my life, I want to be under the hand of God. I want God to use me. I want God to guide me. Now, have you got the words audition? Confession, correction, submission, direction. Five simple words, but they work. And you've got your one life. You've just got one life. That's all you got in this world. One life. Are you spending that life as God wants you to? Are you under His direction? Are you in tune with God? In tune with God. Now, we're all different. I'm different from every man here. Ladies, all we're all different. But we have one God. And one Bible. And one Holy Spirit. And one way of salvation. And the promise of God given to all of us. I ought to be in tune with God. I don't lie down at night and worry about things when I'm not right. I don't want to get up in the morning after face the day when I'm not in tune with God. I want to be right with God when I start. And when I end the day, I want to be right with God. Now keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep Not on man, keep your eyes on God. Man changes, but God never changes. If you look at man, you get worse off every time. You look to God. Look up to God. With this I close. I went to the University of Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, graduated from that school. And... Uh, I got into school. I'd been there just a few weeks when I heard music playing, and I love music. And down the campus of the, of the University of Louisville was marching a big university band. I mean a big one. I had about the 75 instruments in the band, directed by a man named Mr. E.J. Wadawa. And that band was playing. Boy, beautiful, lovely music. And I said to myself, you know what? I'd like to play in a band. Man, that's something. 
I heard that band playing. You know how they sound? Marching down the street, that big band, big band director up ahead of them. I said, man, I'm going to get in the band. And uh, I, I, I'd taken a few piano lessons years ago. I knew a little bit about music, not very much. And so I went downtown to the music store in Louisville, and I said, Mister, I want to buy something I learned to play fast. I want to play in a band. And he said, where do you go to school? And I said, I go to school at the University of Louisville. That meant that he, with him, he had me up in, in about the age of 19, 20, 21, and he was guessing at it. And he said, well, he said, that's interesting. I said, what do you, I said, well, I want to play in the university band. He said, well, that takes a long, long time. Well, I said, I know that, but I still like to play. And I, I think I can do it. And you give me a chance. Yeah, I said, what do you recommend? He said, well, I recommend this. And pulled out a saxophone. I said, man, I don't want that. Too many buttons on that thing. And he held that uh, saxophone. I said, no, I don't believe I want that at all. You don't mind. Uh, I, I don't believe I'd learn to play that. And uh, well, he said, uh, what about this? And he pulled out a, a slide trombone. I said, I don't believe I like it either. I said, oh, that's sliding business around. Slide. I said, I don't really like that. Well, he said, I've got just thing for you. And I said, good. And he walked over there and pulled out from the whole, uh, from the whole uh, wall of that building a, a con trumpet. A con trumpet. Anybody here play a trumpet? Anybody here? All right, you, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? And a con trumpet. And uh, he said, how do you like that? I said, man, I like that. I like the size of it. I can hold that in my hand. He said, good. I said, is that hard to play? He said, no, easy. It's going to be a big liar. And uh, he said, he said, anybody can play that. And I said, well, show me. He showed me. Boy, he can play beautiful, beautiful trumpeter. I said, I'll take it. I bought that thing. And never will forget, back years ago, old second-hand horn, paying $35 for it, 35 bucks. I said, now, where did take a lesson? He recommended a teacher at the Sealback Hotel. I went up at the Sealback Hotel and found the man uh, at, at a little studio there. I said, I want to take a lesson on trumpet. I began to take a lesson. I packed that thing night and day. almost killed my folks. And uh, they had to listen to it. And I blew that horn, blew that end off the thing. I said, I'm going to play in that band. That's the last thing you do. I'm going to play in the band. And uh, I kept on blowing and blowing and blowing. And after a while, I could make pretty good tune out of that trumpet. And uh, I said, uh, you don't do me any harm. I'm going to try to get in the band. And I went out to the band building, music building at the University of Louisville, and I was in school there, and uh, I walked in the office of the head director, Mr. Waterwell. I said, Mr. Waterwell, I want to join the band. He said, what do you play? I said, I play the trumpet. And didn't know that he had a few lessons. And he said, I play the trumpet. He said, good, show me. That's where he made his mistake. And I took it out of the case and tried to blow something. Any trumpeters here? Any trumpeters? Nothing came out. You know how it is. We had a few lessons. He said, you go and practice a little longer. He said, uh, take less than another 12 months anyway, and then come back and see me. I might let you in the band. I don't know. And I was heartbroken. I put that horn back in the case and started out of that building. And down the end of the hallway, I heard a voice. I looked back. There stood Mr. Waterwood, big band, great big thought. Band, he said, come back. I went back. He said, change my mind. He said, you can't play at all. I said, you're right. He said, I'm going to let you in the band anyway. I said, man, that's good. He said, yes, sir. I got a third trumpeter quit. Now, you, in a band, you have a solo trumpet, third, first and second and third trumpet. And the third trumpet, he said, he quit. And he said, we're a marching band. I've got a uniform that just fits you. And he said, uh, you can't play, but you can look like it. And uh, he said, uh, you can wear the uniform and you can hold on that horn and uh, put it up there and, and just go ahead. We can march down the street. You can be acting like you're playing while you're marching along in the street. I said, I like that. I said, that's what I want to do anyway. I want to get in the band. He said, good. I started leaving. He said, hold it. 
He said, uh, here's where you sit. In a trumpet, in a big band, you have the solo trumpet, first, second, and third. Third trumpet, you can't get any farther than that. And he said, you sit right there. And he said, do you sit there? And here's the music, and music be on there. And he said, I have one rule for the band, keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. And uh, I started to leave, and he said, now don't forget what I said. When you sit in that band, in that in the band, with that horn in your hand, you keep your eyes on me. And uh, I came back the next day. Band was all the same, a room bigger than this, and, and the big band director up here in the front. And I got my place over to one side, got back in the band, and turned the music over. I never saw the men notes in my life. Uh, if those sheets are uh, full of notes, you know, they'd be played. And I could barely play a sound the horn anyway. And uh, looked over and said, that guy doesn't mean anything. And uh, I said, uh, how in the world am I going to look at that music and watch him? He said, keep your eyes on me. And I said, I've got to watch that music or I can't play at all. And uh, he came in every while. Walked on, on the big bandstand, tapped the baton, raised his hand in the air. And I'll think about what he said. Keep your eyes on me. I pulled the horn up, put it up to my mouth, and worked the vials up and down, didn't blow a thing. Didn't blow a thing. Whenever he would band or direct the band, I worked with it and held the horn up there and worked it up and down. And for a whole hour went by. And when the hour came to an end, he left the bandstand, walked all the way around the meet around the one side, back to the third trumpet section, but he had my shoulder said, young man, that was splendid. I hadn't played a note. <laughs> I hadn't played, you know what I'd done? I watched the director. I watched the director that taught me a lesson. Brethren, I'm 90 years old. And I can testify back through the years of my ministry in the school, in the church, in all of it. I was at the safest point of my ministry always when I prayed and waited on God. Keep your eyes on the Lord. You know why you have church troubles? You look at people. You look up. You know why you have family troubles? You're looking at yourself. And you, you, you get along poorly. Look up to God. Say, dear Lord, guide me. And if you do that, He'll keep you from saying the wrong thing. He'll keep you from going the wrong way. And will keep you in line. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He is the master director. He is the head of it all. And look up to God. Now I want you to hold the words so you can think about it. And to be in tune with God, audition, that's hearing, and confession, and submission, and direction. We've got to have it all. Make God the center of your life. Say, Lord, I'll be in tune with you at all times. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.